It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I am co-host Christy Halford, director of the Harford County Public Library Foundation, and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Hello, Bob. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Becky, uh, uh, Christy is, um, I said Becky because that's Libby's daughter, who is also in the studio. Um <laughs> Christy just got here. Uh, she uh, was walking her dog, and she slipped and fell, and then she got traffic. She hurt her hand, but she is such a trooper. She is here and ready to go. I am ready to go. I was, um, I was today I was driving in behind uh, my usual school bus, uh, fleet of school buses, I should say, um, and I was driving through a residential neighborhood, and there was a guy... I don't know, 45, 50 years old, yeah. jogging. Now, my car thermometer says 16 degrees. I know the wind chill is close to zero. Yes. And he has shorts on, like bike shorts that end as, you know, by the, <laughs> above the knee. He has no hat, and he has no gloves. Now he has, like, three sweatshirts on, and he's jogging. Doesn't he know about runner pants? Uh, I don't know, and I don't, you know... <laughs> I, I really would get like to get maybe he's from, you know, the Yukon territory and he's used to this, but I, I couldn't believe it. I, that's crazy. I know. I have friends that run and I can't even stand going from my car to my house. I don't know how people go out in this. Yeah, it, but... I, I know. It's amazing. Um, and but uh, just on a final note before we get going, um, I heard something else on the car radio this morning that pitchers and catchers spring training starts two months from today. So we have that. To look forward to? Well, not that I'm I'm a big spring training fan, because it, but it doesn't it, really it, mean it, it means it's the spring is coming. Eventually. Where do you get to be my age? Seasons <laughs> go really fast now. <laughs> Alrighty. So today we'll be talking with Maryland State Delegate Kathy Schlega. It's always hard to figure out if you said it correctly That's or not. Right. She's always a delight to talk to. So, uh, But now it's time for the birthday game. You know how we play the game. I give Bob some famous people who had a birthday this week, and he tries to guess who they are and how old they are for fun prizes and bragging rights. And I have not been doing well. And we are uh, just, this is going to be the last birthday game, because as a programming note, because um, we realized it has run its course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's getting, a t if it's getting boring for, for us, us, it really must be boring the heck out of you. Yes. Listeners, um, so um, as in uh, Johnny Carson and Karnak the Minute Magnificent, when Ed McMahon would say, I now hold the last card, the audience would cheer because <laughs> it was the last yes. card. Yes, so you can all cheer okay. that this game is over. So hopefully we go out with a bang here. Okay, so we have a television actor, and I'm going to give it away right away. I know you're going to know who this is right no, away. Well, he don't set me up like that. Won a Golden Globe. Um, and he, uh, well, he won the Golden Globe for his television series, Miami Vice. Don Johnson? Yep. Who was the other guy? Who was the other guy? I don't know. On Miami Vice. I don't know. Okay. Oh, my God. I don't Call remember. in if you have that, folks. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, Don Johnson, yes. He also played, uh, in Nash, Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges, and he was also married to, um... Melanie Griffith. Yes. Uh, before um, she had her over liposuction or lipo, not liposuction, collagen. Yeah. Now her, yeah. yeah. Now her lips are the size of a, yep. an inner, a, a, a small liver. <laughs> <laughs> Guess how old he is? Uh, 60. Nope. Younger? Older. Wow. Okay, 30, 64. 67. Wow. Yep. He started that whole, uh, you know, two days growth thing as being the, the hot thing. Yeah. Two day beard, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Yep. That one wasn't bad. Nope. This one is a musician, <clears throat> actually a guitarist. Eric Clapton. Nope. Plays blues. Buddy rock. Guy. Nope. Buddy Guy. He's Keith called the next Jimmy hottest Page, Jimmy Reed. The next hottest guitarist by Jimi Hendrix. 
He used uh, a Jack coin White? instead of a guitar pick. Brian May. Nope. I'm trying not to give it away. Brian May used a coin. <laughs> Who else used a coin? Um, Once I tell you what band he's in, you Jeff know Beck? Um, Not Jimmy Page. Nope. So. He's got, Richie he always Blackman? wears sunglasses and he has a long beard. Oh, um. Yes, uh, not Butch Beard. Billy Gibbons. Yep, ZZ Top. Billy Gibbons. He um, he really is good. He really is good. Yeah. And if you ever want to see something great, go to YouTube and go just search uh, Billy Gibbons Daryl's House. Okay. And Daryl's House, as most of you know, is this great music show. Daryl Hall and his house band. They invite someone up to there home for the weekend and they make meals together and they do great songs and they did a version of uh lagrange one of the tzz tops best ever and it is one of the best eight minutes of music i've ever seen i um, love listening to guitar players play well they, he's had some great ones and drummers he's had some great ones and if you're also interested while we're on it the other great thing on youtube is just um Enter isolated tracks. Okay. And it'll give you, for instance, Chris Squire's bass track during Roundabout, um, Paul McCartney's bass track, just that track. Oh, okay. Just um, um, Mark Knopfler's guitar track during Sultans of Swing, Dire Straits, or just, um, uh, you know, Keith Moon's drum track during Won't Get Fooled Again. It's really amazing. Okay. I'll look okay, that up. so um, okay. I'm going to say he is 68. 67. Very okay. close. Well, yesterday he was 68. 67. No, I'm sorry. Next year he'll be 68. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, okay, here's a pop singer. She's young. She uh, was, she became famous very young at 18. Um, she's had. Tons of number one hits. Taylor Swift. Yep. Lots of boyfriends. She runs through the boyfriends. Yeah, and it seems to, it seems to be always their fault. I, I detect a pattern. She goes through one every two months, but I'm never gonna ever getting back with you. And you're a jerk. And she wears mini skirts, and I wear t-shirts. All the other women <laughs> are losers and and sluts. And she's perfect. Yep. And you're going to regret <laughs> that you left me. <laughs> really? Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm never, ever, ever getting back with you. Plus, she wasn't she dating that, like, that Kennedy family yeah, son who was, like, 16 was, years old or something? I think he was 18, but yeah. Okay. she. But she was already in her 20s, I think, at that time. But I give her a lot of credit because she's a brilliant songwriter. She's a great producer. She stands her ground to all these animals in the music industry yeah and she's not afraid to take a shot at herself that ad she did for the um the either was it uh, itunes or oh. uh, an exercise vi um uh some kind of a see i'm how old a walkman uh, or an ipod uh, and she was exercising oh and so they had yeah and she this, fell yeah oh uh, yeah i saw that if I'm, i don't remember what show that was on they were and she is uh, someone who, because of her, Kanye West, the biggest jerk, along with... That's a nice way of saying uh, it. Along with, um, who's the <laughs> other guy? The immature um, Justin Bieber. Justin <laughs> The two biggest jerks on the planet. He's Remember he went up and took her mm -hmm. mic away when she was getting in the war. Yes. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce, kissing up to Beyonce, saying she's the best yeah. of all time. Yep. And now he's out meeting with, with President-elect Trump. Trump. I think I, I think that's the seventh sign of Armageddon. I looked at the TV <laughs> the other day, and I see Trump, Kanye West, <laughs> J and Jim Brown, and Bill Gates standing together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I go off on a tangent once in a while. That's okay. Okay. Taylor Swift is 27 now. Yes. Perfect. Right on. Well, I, I, I knew it was 26, 27, 28. It's crazy to me that she's 27 already. I look at her. She's she's really evolved quite a bit. No, I do. You know, I, I joke, but she's um, 
He may not necessarily like her music, but she is a good she musician. Is, and she is and a good, good a role model as far as women um, as business people. Um, and, um, uh, and, and, and as far as patterning and uh, role modeling, um, you know, that mm -hmm. you don't have to play to any stereotypes. Yep. And I give her credit for that. Okay, we could do one more. Okay. Um, okay, let's do this one. Okay, he's a football coach. Bill Belichick. No. He has a brother who's also a football coach. Oh, um, John. Um, he's. Oh my God, I am. He's he's always on the sidelines. John Harbaugh screaming like a fool. Nope, nope. He actually did coach for the Ravens at one point. He coached for the New York Jets. Oh, um, Rex Ryan. Yep. Yeah. He's not a fan. Of, he's kind of a crazy. Yeah, I'm not. He's like Harbaugh. You know, it's always someone else's fault. I don't, I don't like when the coaches can't maintain composure on the sideline. No. My husband's been coaching rec football for 20 years, and it's funny when I see all these other coaches going nuts and just maintain. It's it's a game. Relax. There's only thing worse than, worse <laughs> than losing your cool as a football coach, and that is when you trip an opposing player during a kickoff return. Yes. Like Mike Tomlin of the Steelers <laughs> did against the Ravens. Like Woody Hayes, uh, who's passed away, who was the legendary coach of Ohio State, he actually punched a, a defensive back on the other team as he after he made an interception and was running down the sideline. Oh, my gosh. He punched him. I'm all for passion, but... <laughs> so, okay. Um, Rex Ryan, 59. Nope. He's older? Younger. Okay. Um, 55? Fifty-four. Okay. Where is he now? Buffalo? Where did he get kicked? Yeah. He got fired there, too. I don't know where he's at right now. Got fired by the Jets. But he's not a head coach. Okay. I don't think. I think he's an assistant coach somewhere. Okay. I could be wrong, though. I, I don't know. I haven't been paying much attention this year. Yeah, we will see. We will see on that. Um, okay. Time for local news now from Hartford County? Yes. And uh, I'm sorry I'm breaking the mold a little bit, but... Um, this is not local. This is in Michigan based and it has to be covered. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, parrot may be used as a witness in a murder trial. Did you hear about this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Bud, the African gray parrot may be used as a witness in the murder trial. Uh, prosecutors in, uh, in Michigan are trying to work out where they can use a parrot as a witness in a murder case after it apparently described the last words of the victim. Uh, Glenna Dorham, 48, is charged with the murder of her husband, Martin, in front of the couple's pet parrot at their home in Michigan. His relatives believe Bud overheard the couple arguing and has been parroting back their final words, switching between a male and a female voice. Oh, my gosh. Um, saying, get out. And then it squawked. Where will I go? Dennis Cook, don't effing shoot <laughs> in the husband's voice. I'm sorry to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and they clearly, it's two different voices he's wow. parroting. And they can't obviously um, use the parrot as a witness, but there was a case in 1993 where um, a defense lawyer for Gary Rasp argued that their parrot may hold the key to who killed its owner because the bird said repeatedly, Richard, no, 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 no. And the defendant's name was Gary. Uh, but it didn't work. Hmm. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. That's so funny. Now back to sobering reality. Um, okay. And this is just a reminder. Uh, another daylight armed robbery this was up in um um on rock spring road rocks spring road and forest hill an exxon gas station is that near you yeah oh, did you know about this no yes um 1 30 p.m on tuesday december 13th troopers from the bel air barrack responded to a report of an armed robbery at exxon gas station um the clerk informed troopers the suspect entered the store and displayed a knife. He then walked behind the counter, took an undisclosed amount of cash, and fled the store. He was described as a clean-shaven white male in his early 20s. 
He was wearing a navy blue and brown colored athletic shorts over top of gray sweatpants, a large white sweater with brown stripes. Troopers canvassed the area and attempted a canine track, but weren't for sex successful in locating the suspects. Anyone with information is asked to call the Bel Air Barracks of the Maryland State Police at 410-838-4101. I don't live in Jer- I don't live in Forest Hill. I live in Jarrettsville, but I go drive by there all the time. Well, you know. Um, I guess it's a continuation of what we've been discussing with the drugs. And- yeah, it's, I mean, I, who, who, what, we don't know the facts, but right. to think that this is not just someone probably local who was just desperate and, and it just reminds us all to be always, not to be uh, paranoid, but to always be aware Yep. Of our surroundings, what's going on, because um, when someone gets desperate and someone is um, has these diseases of addiction, they really lose track of reality often, and um, just uh, just be aware and uh, hope whoever that is doesn't hurt anyone else, and hope they get treated and also. If they have to serve their debt to society, I hope that as well. Um, we're jumping all over the place here. Uh, hats off to Harvard of Grace uh, football team. Uh, they made it all the way again to the state 1A championship um, and were defeated by a seemingly unbeatable Fort Hill team from Western Maryland. This, they've, I don't know how, I mean, Fort Hill's set a state scoring record this year. They scored over 600 points. Wow. In their season. And, um, you know, Harvard Grace, which is not a big school, mm-hmm. has made it to the state finals two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's um, hats off to them. And they did it with class. And the coach is really, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, really been upstanding. And it's and, um, been a sportsmanlike team. And hats off to them. Um, and I have here... They scored 682 points this year. Fort Hill did. Wow. That's a lot of points. And they have won um, four straight state titles. Wow. Um, so Good for Harvard Grace. That's the buzzsaw that Harvard Grace walked into. And they lost um, 35-14. to 14. Um, So down at the Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. Hmm. So good for them. Good for them. Hats off uh, to the whole program. Um, uh, another in, in good news, and I, I, you know, I know people are, uh, the, uh, have a lot of different opinions on this, but Harford, um, County Public Schools is setting up a scholarship program to home grow teachers in critical needs areas from its graduates' ranks. Um, they're going, uh, they're t- attempting to alleviate, try alleviating some future teaching shortages by growing its own exceptional teachers in areas such as math, science, career and technology and special ed a new program to encourage 25 future harford county public schools graduates to become teachers in their home county was authorized last week by the week by the board of ed harford county executive barry glassman has already pledged to throw six thousand to pot that will provide modest four-year scholarships starting next fall and the hope is that other community organizations and business will join um if uh you're interested in this program and participating, I would suggest calling uh, Harford County Public Schools, uh, Jean Montagna, who I hope, Jean, it's okay to, to, to tell them that. Uh, she's the Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources. Um, or you could call Howard Kutcher, who is the Manager of Human Relations. So, I like that. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Yeah, some people say, you know, it's it's the school system picking winner, winners or whatever, but... I think anything that we can do to support teachers and future teachers is, is wonderful. Right, exactly. And some li- um You know what, well, we'll do this and go over the edge because I realize we're a little late and we need to get um, Kathy on the phone, so... We'll okay, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we will talk with Maryland State Delegate Kathy Shalega. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. 
Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Welcome back. I'm co-host Christy Halford, director of the Harford County Public Library Foundation, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted to have Maryland State Delegate Kathy Shalega on the line with us. Welcome, Kathy. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be with you. Hey, Kathy, I have to share some of your um, personal laundry. Do you mind? Uh-oh. Go ahead. <laughs> Kathy uh, is at home, and her nieces and nephews are over, uh, but they're... Um, not in her hair right now because they're watching Mars Attacks. Yes, I'm a good aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I fed them pancakes and sent them in there to watch Mars Attacks. <laughs> and so not only are you a motorcycle riding grandma, you're a breakfast cooking Mars Attacks show and aunt. <laughs> That's right. There's nothing more important than family, is there? Amen. Amen. So um, first, welcome. And um, let's, for everyone, I, I doubt there's anyone out there who doesn't know you, but for, for if there is, just give us a quick background on Kathy. How'd you get here? How did I get here? Holy smokes. Um, well, I first uh, got involved in, in politics, being interested when I was in my 20s. Um, you know, the lobby from your kitchen table kind of thing, and I pay attention and write letters to my countless representatives as a resident of Baltimore City. You can imagine I didn't agree with them on much. <laughs> so, and for those of your listeners who've been around and can remember Mayor Don Schaefer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'd be afraid when you'd write a letter to criticizing him that he'd actually come knock on your door. And, uh, you know, to say, what the heck, lady? You know, why, why, are, you writing me a, why are you writing me a nasty letter? So... <laughs> Um, I love it. And then I eventually I went, uh, became a staffer and worked for now Congressman Andy Harris when he was a state senator and a seat opened up in Baltimore, Harford counties. I ran in 2010 and took office in 11 and in 13 was elected to leadership in the House Republican Caucus. And um, and then for some reason ran for U.S. Senate because I thought, you know, Marylanders deserve a choice. And um, and we knew it would be a tough race in a presidential election year, but I also knew that lots of people think like we do and um, not like Chris Van Hollen and that voters should have a choice. So I worked my tail off for a year and uh, just came up short. I, I needed you, Bob, to get 300,000 of your closest friends to change their votes, and I would have won. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... You, you, you know, you, 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 you joke a little bit, but you got a million votes in Maryland. That's incredible. Or close to, right? Right. I got not, about 975,000 votes and um, the second highest number ever in the state for a statewide Republican or any Republican, um, George Bush in 2004 as a uh you know, an incumbent president got a little over a million, and I got a little under a million, and then, um, you know, others came behind us. So I was very, very proud of that. We, were, we won 18 counties, and, um, you know, I, I felt good about the race, even though uh, clearly we came up, you know, very, very short. The percentage that we got was not as high as others, but the turnout was huge. And Donald Trump, I, I outperformed Donald Trump. And yeah, by three percent. I went and, back and looked at records of, of past elections, and and I couldn't find anybody that had perform outperformed the top of the ticket. So in recent histories, you know, we we outperforming the top of the ticket was pretty unusual as well. Yeah, and in Hartford, you outperformed by over oh, close to three percent. I, I I noticed. 
Yeah, you should be very proud and congratulations because I am sure it was not easy. So yeah, um, thank you. We 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 do. We feel good, although we you know would have felt better if we won. <laughs> naturally, but well, now uh, now you have you know, the taste. You have the taste, the smell of blood. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to. You know, as I said to you, Bob, we talked about it before I got in the race, and you know, I called friends and people I trust and said, "What do you think?" and I said, you have to play every down of every game. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't take a knee when you're in the game. Um, and we have, of course, Governor Hogan, who, who was our last statewide candidate, Republican who won, and we have a very important election coming up in 2018. And so, you know, I knew that we needed to keep voters interested and keep our message going that, look, Republicans are, are reasonable people with a great message and our ideas work. Uh, that's, that's great. And, uh, we're, we're lucky to have you there and we do want to talk about the session and the governor and maybe even a little about your friend, um, and my friend Andy. Uh, but, uh, the final note on the Senate is I, I still love, it's one of my favorite debate moments when you were debating, uh, Mr. Van Hollen and he gave you some long condescending um soliloquy on something and and you said well i'd like to thank uh mr van Hollen for mansplaining that to me <laughs> and it was absolutely perfect i forget what it was in relation to i i think he was trying to tell me how he had been endorsed by now the oh. national organization of women <laughs> And he was pretending to speak for women. Yeah. And, um, While he was I'm patting you on the like, head. Really? You're <laughs> going to tell me that you speak for women? <laughs> Let's mansplain that to me, okay? Let's hear that. <laughs> uh, that was that was that was a riot. Um, let's get on to the upcoming session. This is going to be a very. I believe a pivotal session in so many ways. Uh, weigh in on that, and then what? What do you What do you see coming up? And then we have some questions. Um, on well, I think um, you know the third third year of a four year election cycle, things start you know heating up, and um, you know it is their the Democrats' opportunity to. Um, you know, if they're going to pass any anything controversial, it'll be now because in an election year they won't pass anything controversial. Um, and you can see it heating up with the Baltimore Sun's editorial against uh, Governor Hogan's repeal of that transportation bill. So, um, you know, the Baltimore Sun uh, obviously we know is biased and is uh, oftentimes appears to be working, you know, for the other team. And so we're seeing those kind of things heat up. I think it will be, um, it'll be a stressful session. And we had a huge class of freshmen come in in 2014. And now they really, I think, have their sea legs. And we'll see them put in a lot of bills. Last year we had an incredible number, but I think this year there'll be even more. So um, I think it'll be a busy session, and I think it could be very contentious. Yeah, and I would imagine, because, you know, the first two years, the other side, uh, on the other side of the aisle from Hogan, they've watched him and uh, his uh, approval numbers rise. They've watched that, uh, in my opinion, he's been a very pragmatic and very transparent executive um not like anything we're used to and they realize that he's not taking any of their bait and he is you know he's he's doing what he said he was going to do without and telling everyone what he's doing as he's doing it so now i think that you know the gloves come out come off because this they i think they see it as their year to really um to neutralize him so i think you're right it's gonna it's gonna get ugly and and um talk about that yeah, road I, kill bill for a second after you respond he's to doing that. A, such a nice job he's uh his secretaries are very very competent hard working 
Kelly Schultz in particular, the Secretary of Labor Licensing and Regulation, came in with me in 2010. She is phenomenal. And that's a big department that has a lot of uh, reach into business businesses and in the licensing and, and she made uh, such a great transition aspect. from delegate and she yeah she is doing a, a great job over there at dollar as we call it um mike gill at commerce uh, matter of fact they the department of commerce put out a really snappy video it's a little less than two minutes so you can find it on my facebook page um and I'll tweet it out as well so everybody can see it, but it's great to just highlighting the accomplishments of the Hogan administration for building jobs. And look, the proof is in the pudding. The numbers show that Governor Hogan's doing a great job. We have job growth. We have, you know, a confidence from businesses who are the jobs creators who are then able to hire people and increase wages. And, and that's what it's all about is making Maryland a better place to live, work, raise a family, and and run a business. Talk about that roadkill bill for a second. Just, I think that's very interesting. Sure. I'm on the committee. I'm on environment and transportation. And that bill came to my committee last year. And the analysis of the bill and, and of course, our uh, Republican reading of the bill was this is going to hamper the very projects you're trying to promote in your own districts. You know, it was a, a power grab for decades. The governor has put out a consolidated transportation plan, a CTP. They go around the state. They present it to citizens and lawmakers, local local you know lawmakers, mayors, and council members, and um, any citizen that wants to come see what the transportation priorities are. Because as you know planning transportation, you've got to go 10, 15, 20 years out to, you know, make meaningful changes. This isn't a, you know, one one year at a time kind of operation when you're planning major transportation. And um, they were trying to poke Governor Hogan in the eye and take some power away from him because he funded the top priority in every single county across the state. So we said, this is a bad plan. You're, you're actually going to, you know, tie the hands of the very people that you're promoting, and in the end, all the money's going to go to Montgomery County and Baltimore City. And alas, we were right. (laughs) But unfortunately, we were right. So, uh, you know, Governor Hogan has proposed a repeal of it. We, of course, support it, and hopefully we can get that through during session because um, I think citizens in all those other jurisdictions are going to be screaming when they don't get any transportation dollars. And what is the, this uh, last time he did uh, veto it and the veto was overridden this time it, it's being attempted through emergency legislation. Do, I ha- do we have that right? Or what is different? Or is it just going to be the same battle again this session? Well, he will have some legislation um, just so that your listeners, you know, can remember from their 11th grade civics course that. The only people that can introduce legislation in Annapolis are lawmakers. So um, the governor's bill will be put in probably by in the House by Leader Nick Kipke and myself, and then, of course, co-sponsored by our caucus and in the Senate by our very own uh, Senator Jennings and Hershey um, from the Senate side. Or uh, typically the governor's uh, bills will come in either under the Speaker of the House or the Minority Leader, um, you know, just depending on who the who the governor is and what the bill is. But um, so we'll have a piece of legislation to overturn it. And um, I would imagine just politically thinking that the, that the Democrats will try to do it a different way. They won't want to give him that victory. So we'll see some maneuvering. It'll be interesting to see where that comes out uh and the other interesting thing i I, have noticed is uh this uh there's a certain preemptiveness and i think it's very uh wise of of the governor um for instance there certain bills for instance regarding uh paid sick leave um as opposed to letting the other side introduce the bill and then paint the the hard-hearted um cruel republicans um as being against working folks and regular folks um 
Governor Hogan introduced a bill that really attempts to strike a balance between employees and businesses that are trying to stay in business and keep paying good employees. Um, so almost by introducing the bill first, even though it doesn't have the, uh, the number of people covered that the other side would like. We'll talk about that, for instance. Is, is that something? Right. That's a, that's a great measure. Uh, Nick Kifke, Anne Arundel County, and I were very excited about that. We actually had an, a floor. We had a similar measure we introduced on the floor of the House of Delegates last year when the paid sick leave bill came out of the House. They actually passed a paid sick leave bill out of the House of Delegates last session, and it did not uh, pass out of the Senate. And we had a very similar amendment that we offered on the floor of the House saying, look, companies with 50 employees or more already give their employees time off. Um, you know, the small companies, I'm a small business owner, you know, most employees we ever had was 25 at the top, and we offered paid leave for our employees. Um, but certainly companies of 50 or more have a lot of regulations, uh, health care and otherwise, that they have to comply with. And companies with 50 or more employees give, give their employees a week of paid vacation. I mean, I don't, otherwise you wouldn't have any employees because people want paid vacation and they, they deserve it. I, and, you know, I think that a good business has happy employees. You know that. I know that. And so Nick and I said, let's let business get the credit for the good things they do instead of making business out to be these money-hungry grubbers who hate their employees, which is totally untrue. I mean, business only stays in business and is successful by the quality of employees they have. And to keep quality employees, you want to give them time off. They should have time with their families. They should have a vacation. You know, nobody should be working 52 weeks a year. And so it was just an opportunity to let business get credit for the good things that they do. And um, so the time off is actually paid time off. But, we're, you know, you can use it for sick. If, if you're sick, you shouldn't be coming to work. So. We think it's a great, great measure, and, and we'll look forward to trying to work that through the House and Senate this year. Great. Okay, in three sentences, give us the landscape on the medical marijuana progress. What the heck is going on? Am I going to be able to go in oh and, 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 buy, and buy a, a, a dime bag at my, at my leisure in, in six months? Oh. Not that I would want to. Well, you know, you, you asked three words, and the only three words that came to my mind were up and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where this is. There's obviously some, uh, you know, wrinkles in the plan on the medical marijuana. I did support the medical marijuana. I think especially there's some very compelling data that shows that uh, children with seizure disorders can benefit greatly from the marijuana oil and, you know, some of the, you know, with it, the THC removed. Um, and it's a shame that the FDA is not, you know, moving on this. I've said from the beginning that we should let marijuana go through the process just like any other pharmaceutical drug. And if we're going to use it for medical purposes, let's let's do it that way. Um, but, you know, it's a politicized thing. So I, I am sure we'll get that straightened out. The committee that Governor O'Malley put together just didn't um, do the job they were supposed to do. And Governor Hogan came in and had to clean that mess up. But I, I, I would anticipate we'll have things ironed out on that by the middle of 20, 2017. Great. And as always, to the extent that the compassionate reasons for doing this can be at the forefront and it sounds like that's exactly where your head is at that is great to hear because um all the joking aside uh it is there are a lot of people that can have so much pain and anxiety relieved by this and as long as we can make it safe why not and um speaking of the fda that re leads us to other new cabinet appointments in the upcoming new administration and we have a uh, a friend 
who was being talked about um, for the directorship uh, of the um, National Institutes on Health. Is it National Institutes on Health or of Health? Kathy, you there? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Yes. We, was our, it a good our, scene our at Moore's Attacks? <laughs> I'm sorry. Say it again. Was there was there a good scene? You uh, I, you know, you drifted away to watch on Mars Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I can still hear it though. They're all. I, I am keeping an eye on them. I do want to be a, a responsible aunt. Okay. Um. So, um. Yeah. It's um, Congressman Andy Harris. Uh, as you know, is just been such a great representative for Maryland as a physician in the Maryland Senate, really was a leader on those kind of issues. Many people may not realize that Congressman Harris, uh, most people know he's a physician, but he did medical research. So he knows firsthand, uh, you know, what kind of things happen in in that field. And he's had some measures in Washington, D.C., to promote young scientists to make sure that their uh, innovative ideas are funded. And I, I guess at some point those kind of things had gone a lot, had often skipped over these young innovators. So um, I don't know where whether Congressman Harris would um, take a position in the administration. I know he's very, very supportive of the president and uh, president-elect Donald Trump. And I, I think he's, um, as an appropriator in, in D.C. with a majority party in the House and a president of a Republican, he can do a lot of good things for Maryland and for the taxpayers of the United States. So, um, you know, we'll see where he ends up on that. Well, if he were to take the appointment, um, someone else could also do a great job in District 1. Um uh, regarding working with the new president and doing great things. Any comment on that? Yeah, so if Congressman Harris did take an appointment in uh, the Trump administration, I, I would certainly run for that, run for that seat. But, um, you know, I think for Maryland and for our country, Congressman Harris is doing a fantastic job. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope he stays there and continues to work for us and with us. Uh, yeah, I um, am a big fan of his, and partially biased because we went to the same high school. But um, but uh, yeah, he's he's great. He really does such a good job for us. He's, he's so knowledgeable and hardworking. Um, I think Marylanders are are fortunate to have him in that seat. Okay, and um, if you have three more minutes, um, do you? Yes. Okay. Yep, I do. We're gonna get a little personal, but not too personal. <laughs> Ready? Okay. I, I figure I'll do this <laughs> because you're, very nervous, you're, Bob. Pre- you're distracted <laughs> by the nephew, so maybe we'll get you at a weak moment. Uh, no, no, it's not too personal. Um, tell us, some, we do something on the show occasionally. What would you tell your 21-year-old self? Oh, for instance, holy smokes. Uh, what yeah. would I tell my 21-year-old Well, What would you self? tell the Kathy Shalega that was six years ago, I guess you were 37 at the time, um, <laughs> just starting as a new delegate. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? What advice would you give to that uh, six years ago, Kathy Shalega, just starting um, as a new delegate? Um, I think be patient and listen. So I, I think, um, you know, that your uh, exuberance and enthusiasm when you first get elected is fantastic you know you bring a a vitality and enthusiasm and you know I think I would tell people I'm like a shiny penny (laughs) (laughs) and um you know so I I think that to keep the that enthusiasm and um optimism but maybe um temper it with a little patience to know that the legislative process is um is like a slow cooker, not a George Foreman. And, you know, you just have to work things through and, and be a little bit patient on things. Patience has never been one of my strong suits. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> uh, and on that note, uh, uh, just a quick, uh, uh, you don't even have to ask the role. And what is a, 
what has surprised you the most about the sausage making process? Uh, what has angered you the most? What has um, uh, heart warmed you the most? And what are you most proud of? You don't have to answer all. You can combine two. Yeah, I'd say that the um, the thing that um, surprised me, maybe not, maybe, I don't know about surprised me the most, but uh, potentially, is how much I really enjoy my colleagues in Annapolis. I love uh, working with Democrats, Republicans. Um, I, you know, we, we have a Wednesday night bowling uh, group. A bunch of us head out to a bowling alley out by the Annapolis Mall, and we bowl from 10 to midnight and, you know, drink beer and eat bowling alley tater tots. And um, well, I'm going to show up for one of those and just and just watch. <laughs> It's fun and it's great to socialize and and get to know people. You know, as as I think I've shared with folks and friends in Monk in Harford County, the people in Tacoma Park do not think like us. <laughs> 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 you know that, it, and it's it's just that has been great. I love the social aspect and getting to know people and their worldview and why do you think this is a good approach to solving this problem kind of thing, kind of getting a little bit deeper into that. And um, the frustrating thing is that it just takes time. Um, you know, when you run a business, time is money, right? Every, every day that you delay getting something done generally costs you money. And so in government, they don't look at things that way, but I think Governor Hogan, and I'm very, very optimistic that President Donald Trump are going to change that and, you know, get government to work for people again and, and realize that delaying decisions cost people time and money. And um, not that you want to act hastily, but being able to balance um, timeliness with protecting citizens, you know, we have to do a better job at that. Great. Great. And I know Christy was, uh, when I were talking about it beforehand, um, whose idea was the motorcycle grandma commercial? <laughs> which, which, which we loved, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, my team, they do a little like oppo on your, on the candidate and, and they said, do you ride a motorcycle? Oh, we've got to get that in the TV ad. And uh, I'm like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> I love it, it was fun. They followed me down 95 with the camera, and uh, we, you know, cruised all over the place, which was which was pretty fun and exciting. They kept trying to get me closer to the tailgate of the the truck that was videoing that, and I'm like, eh, safety, you know, there is no airbag here. <laughs> that was funny. That was well done. Well, we can't thank you enough, uh, Kathy. Know you're busy, um, and as always, it's been uh, enlightening and informative. And um, uh, from us here, have uh, great holidays to you and uh, and your family. And good luck in well, the thank, session. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you and and all your listeners, and happy holidays, happy New Year, and I'll look forward to being back on again. Amen. All right. God bless. Bye bye. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some great events coming up at the library, and then we'll go over the edge, where we'll look at some news from outside Harford County. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public, with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox, and both Apple and Windows computers all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. 
You are listening to 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge. I'm Christy Halford, Director of the Harford County Public Library Foundation, and that and that is Bob Mumby. That's easy for you to say. Wow, stumbling today. Literally, when I fell with the dog <laughs> over my hand. <laughs> yeah, well, it can only go up from here. Right? Get better from here. So let's talk really quickly about some things happening at the library. We're really excited that our winter winter reading program is beginning next week um, on December 21st. And I do want to give a shout out to Advanced Eye Care and Schaefer, McLaughlin, and Stover for supporting that, as well as all the friends groups throughout the library system. It's a fun um fun winter opportunity for adults and teens and um they get one of the famous mugs that people like to collect and this year's a little bit different um so i think people are, will really enjoy getting that mug um when they complete the winter reading program uh today actually this afternoon falston's doing an ugly sweater workshop which should be fun i heard that today is ugly sweater day um heard that on late well for on the some other... people every day is ugly sweater day, <laughs> right that's the right point. Um, and tomorrow, our Joppa branch is doing an elf party uh, with games and Buddy the Elf-themed crafts, which should also be a lot of fun. Um, and then next Tuesday, our Edgewood uh, branch is doing a gingerbread construction, so check that out. Uh, all of our branches are doing fun things around the holidays uh, the next few days into next week. Um, and then we have a lot of wonderful programming coming up in January and February, so if you haven't picked up a copy of the h and at your local branch, please do that, or you can look online at hcplonline.org. Fantastic. You guys continue to hit it out of the park day in and day out. Um, we're going to just, we only have a few minutes left, so we're going to do some really stupid okay. facts. <laughs> um, just really it's interesting, yes, but really... We're going to bore you, I think. Or maybe not. Um, <laughs> Way to set that up. <laughs> did you know that the top of the Eiffel Tower leans away from the sun? No, I did not know that. But the metal facing the sun heats up and expands. So the uh, at the end of a long, hot, sunny day, it leans seven inches away from the sun because the, the metal on the sun side expands and gets a little taller. Huh. Did not know that. Um, did you know that baguettes were made that way so that they could be stored uh, by French soldiers in their trousers? No. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to eat bread coming out of somebody's pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that begs a lot of other questions, too. <clears throat> Speaking of World War One, J.R.R. Tolkien... And Adolf Hitler fought against one another in the Battle of the Somme. Huh. Um, I don't know how you... That could even be made up. I don't know. But I don't. I think it's true. Um, uh, it would take 1.2 million mosquitoes, each sucking once, to completely drain the average human body of blood. That's... Not a fun thing to imagine. Thank okay. you for that one. <laughs> did, did you know that if you lift a kangaroo's tail off the ground, it can't hop? What? I guess it bounces. It bounces. It uses the push. Yeah. Push. push. <laughs> and um, I'm going to give you a word. You have to tell me what it what it means. Okay. Hippopotomo monstrosa quipitaliaphobia. Afraid of hippos. Fear of long words. And here's, um, I don't know, this doesn't give us much faith in our fellow citizens. 51% of people in the U.S. think, think stormy weather affects cloud computing. And for um, your, you and your colleagues, uh, the most overdue library book was returned 288 years late. What? I don't know what I don't know what the what's behind it, but I believe it. Um, did you know when Montenegro became independent from Yugoslavia? It its internet domain was before it 
became independent was dot mm-hmm. yu it became dot me so oh. their domain name went from you to me <laughs> um nearly three percent of the ice in antarctic glaciers is penguin urine um one in four americans thinks the sun goes around the earth what really yes wow and uh, the city of cincinnati has a subway system did you know that no it was built and never used really yes wow I love to know the story behind that one. That's a lot of uh, resources. Uh, yeah, that's uh, like the uh, the big dig, and in the um, in the category of this could be the seventh sign of Armageddon. McDonald's has announced in California that they're going to be beginning a pilot program for home delivery. Oh, good grief! Uh, and they hope to bring it nationwide over the next two years. Just what people need. To can not you have to even move? Can, can you? I can't. I can't even imagine this. Um, and did you? And lastly, um, I like this. Uh, you know the Trevi Fountain in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, over one million euros are thrown into that fountain every year, which is about a million one. No, nine hundred thousand dollars. Do you know where that money goes? No, where? Um, it's used to subsidize a supermarket for the needy. Oh wow! Now that's a good news story, isn't that? Um. Uh, so, um, and the last thing—I don't know why this is the last one. Do you know why paper cuts hurt so much? No, why? Um, because the cut often bleeds very little. Or not at all. Leaving the pain receptors open to the air. Huh. That's interesting. You're right. So those weren't that bad. No, not that bad. All interesting, some disturbing facts. Thank you, Bob. Especially the McDonald's home home delivery thing. (laughs) And that's all the time we have for the Harford Edge. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. (laughs) 